Hello, everyone. Before we start this episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast with my returning guest, astrologer Michael Luton, where we'll talk about the Pluto return of the US and how it affects you and the whole world at large, I want to announce the next round of our private group coaching program, Time of Transition Embodied Soul Awakening, starting November 22nd, 2021 until February 10th, 2022. This is a 12-week in-depth course where we combine the necessary inner work and outer work in context of the evolution of consciousness and the time of transition we're in right now. As many of us start to awaken in our own way, we need to make conscious efforts to engage in the great work to come into alignment with who we truly are, our soul essence and purpose for being here. But we cannot do this work alone. And as I mentioned many times before, it is not enough to be around just like-minded people, but also be around people who are engaged in the same work. Laura and I have created this 12-week course and we've refined it over time to give you the right tools, practices, exercises and knowledge to help you navigate this critical juncture in history and essentially find your inner guidance to heal and empower yourself in alignment with your unique purpose for being here. So we do this work by combining the necessary inner work based on the fourfold approach of holistic self-work on all levels, physical, psychological, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual, as well as the outer work to understand the larger forces at work in light of the matrix and the evolution of consciousness. So here are some of the topics we'll be covering in this 12-week program. The process of embodiment, evolutionary astrology, karma, and past lives, shadow work, occult forces, working with triggers and projections, entity interferences and psychic attacks, somatic work, healing trauma in our nervous system, emotional intelligence, ancestral work, healing our fractured parts in order to access the true self, divine will and the evolution of consciousness, timeline and realm dynamics, which also ties into reality creation, how to access intuition and the higher mind, evolutionary relationships, spiritual warrior training, and much, much more. So, if you feel called to join us and go on this journey with us and work with us, please apply in the link below or on the course page on my website. I'll post the links below in the info section. Please know that there's only limited space available and it is by application only. Again, more info in the links posted below. And with that being said, enjoy the show with Michael Luton. Okay, hello, I welcome you all to another episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast with your host Bernhard Gunther. And I have a very special returning guest, uh, renowned astrologer Michael Luton, a good friend of mine, and we have been known each other for quite some time. And he has been on the podcast almost two years ago, uh, on November 7th, 2019. And there we talked about the Saturn-Pluto conjunction Capricorn. And the title of this uh, episode actually was, just let me look up here, uh, Astrology Occultations and the 2020 Saturn-Pluto conjunction Capricorn, which happened, I think, January 12th was the exact conjunction. <clears throat> and it was really a fascinating talk because it was before all this craziness happened, in, which we're in right now. And... Um, First of all, before I want to share about it, welcome to the show, Michael. Thanks for coming Thank on again. It's a, I'm glad you're giving me an opportunity to clear that up. <laughs> Excellent. So let's let's dive right into it. We have a lot to cover. So I want to get back to that episode. 
and I want to, you made some interesting quote unquote predictions about the energies uh, back in 2019 in November on, a, on that podcast. And I, I really encourage for the listeners, if you have listened to that episode, to also listen to that. It's very important to understand in context of this episode and what else is happening in the world. And you made some very interesting predictions in light of the bigger picture in, in context of the Saturn-Pluto conjunction Capricorn. So here's some show notes from that episode where you mentioned that Saturn-Pluto... Go ahead. Can you hear me? Hello? Go ahead. Okay, you're fine. Okay. Uh, the, <clears throat> excuse me. So you said the Saturn-Pluto is triggering death anxiety as well as fears and insecurities. No shit. <laughs> the whole paradigm of what it means to be alive is changing. A very powerful dark force has entered the system. You know, Impos it's, you also mentioned it's impossibly, impossible to exactly predict where we are heading because of the occultations. We can maybe talk about these occultations, what you meant from the astrological perspective again as well, right? You said we are in a time of intergalactic transition. And there's a desperation of the elite or the new world order trying to hold on and on power. And then there's a global conflict between centralized power, which is symbolized by Capricorn, and the power to the people, symbolized by Aquarius, intensifying as we approach Pluto and Aquarius and the Pluto return of the US. And finally, you also said that the real controllers are not human. So, Michael, you want to get back and... Uh... <laughs> well, I... I opened my big mouth. But first of all, I have to say... Much of what I say is extrapolation from my interpretation of the planets. Right. I don't have the aliens in my kitchen cooking dinner <laughs> and saying, tell them about the uh, occultation. Yeah. So what does it's, it mean, for example, occultations from the astrological perspective again? I think the occultation is very important. And it was an accident. It was an accident that I saw from the, an astronomical picture that was put on, on I guess it's NASA, But it was a picture of uh, the moon and Saturn. I think it was the moon and Saturn or Earth and Saturn. I forget which it was. Mm -hmm. I think it was the moon and Saturn. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was the moon and Saturn. And the moon was close up. And you could see only a little bit of it. And behind the moon, you could see a little crack of something. And it was Pluto. Or it was supposed to be Pluto. But when I saw that, I said, this is a meeting Because the planets represent people always. It's not a magical. And I saw that we were being blocked from seeing something by the, the, by the let's say, the moon. The moon, which was really close up, was in a way blocking the rest of it. And I said, this is a big meeting going on, I believe. Mm -hmm. And every time the moon was in Capricorn... That whole year, there was the occultation because they were at the same declination. And, it, and I couldn't get it out of my mind. Every time there was a conjunction of Moon and Saturn, I couldn't quite see what was going on. I saw this as a planning meeting, and I didn't know by who, but I knew that something was planned because it was Capricorn. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't really know that. Nobody told me that. That's what it looked like to me. And all my astrology work is about that. It's about what it looks like to me. Yeah. So that's why you know people say, how did he know that? I'm not a psychic. 
I just extrapolate from what I think it looks like because it never just looks like what it is. It's always something. Mm -hmm. Just like Roseanne, Rosanna Dana said, it's always something. And you have to pay attention to it. And when I did, I paid attention to that. And I said, this is a meeting that's leading up to the Saturn conjunction in January. And sure enough, it was. So, you know, I don't don't have any information or anything. I don't have it. No, it's very interesting. So that's also like, you know, uh, how you see this through the astrological lens, because it confirms that there has been a hidden event in occult, occultation for the, just for, for people to know that occult simply means hidden, like a hidden, like that's why the way you interpret it, right? There's something going on we're not aware of, or we're not being shown or can clearly see. And it's interesting when you mentioned that we had our podcast again, November 7th, 2019. And in October of 2019, a month earlier, October 18, there was this event 201 by the John Hopkins Center for Health Security in partnership with the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, <laughs> and Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation hosted event 201, which was a high-level pandemic exercise on October 18th, 2019, simulating what we are experiencing now. So that could have been that occulted event they prepared for. That only proves, Bernard, that only proves that Astrology is certainly true because Capricorn is about planned planned events. Mm-hmm. Also, you have to use your imagination for a lot because sometimes you're not right. Yeah. But that it that particular October instance was start it was started way before October. Of Obviously, course. yeah. But we see that it was something that was planned. Mm-hmm. So what? We're still here. We didn't do anything to stop it. Because most of astrology is uh, synchronistic. It tells you what is and will ha- may happen. But there's no way to beat the stars. And there's no way to be right all the time. Yeah. I happened to write that piece in 2006 in a way that I, I'll tell you when we're offline what happened. But when what, I, I happened to write it, I was writing it and I was in the middle of finishing my book on the nodes, the astrology of being happy. And somebody said to me, I think you should work on the thing you're working about on Capricorn. Mm -hmm. And I said, how do you know about that? And they said, whatever you're doing, you should continue it. So I went back to New York. I was not in New York and I finished the piece. Two weeks later, Vanity Fair bought it. But the night before they were to go to press, they stopped it and they called me and they said, There's no room for your new piece in the in Vanity Fair in this 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 month's issue. So my agent said, call them back and tell them to take out your column. Mm-hmm. So I did, never thinking they would really take out my column. But they took out the column, and that, that was the end of the end of the piece. But it, it was a message to me to stop doing 12 sign horoscopes. Mm-hmm. I had another thing I was supposed to do. So I took it. And sometimes I'm happy that I did because a lot of people, more people now know what I'm doing than ever before. But on the other hand, I didn't want to start any trouble. I didn't, I I just thought, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was going to be. So that's, I remember remember the last Saturn Pluto in 2080, uh, 1983 was huge. It was the AIDS epidemic. Mm -hmm. It was huge. 
And so I knew that there was going to be a big repeat and that this was going to be about Capricorn and the occultation mm-hmm. only showed me that somebody was hiding what was going to happen. So now, as we know, what two years later after that episode and, and what you, what was the piece called again in, in the 2006 Vanity Fair piece, which you referred to? What was, what, what was the piece the, called? Yeah. Um, Horoscope USA, special alert. Mm-hmm. So that ties into the Pluto return as well, right? Obviously. Yeah, and it's still, it's still on their website oh, from wow. 2007. So I want to go into that shortly, but let's go back to to these um, quote-unquote predictions you made uh, two years ago. Predictions. Uh, you know, that's what I, that's, that's okay. Because, that's why I say quote-unquote predictions, because as I was reading these notes, you hit the nail on the head now as we see what's happening. So how do you, because I want to also understand, you know, I think maybe we've talked about we talked about this before, but this whole prediction business in astrology. But you can sense, you can read the sky in certain ways, certain energies, certain trajectories, but you never know exactly what is going on. So how do you how do you kind of interpret quote unquote predictions in astrology? You put a blindfold on and shoot at the dartboard <laughs> because you use your intuition and your and your belief of how it's going to turn out. But you never really know. For example, right now, Pluto is approaching 27 degrees. So you're saying, oh, it's only three degrees till it goes into Aquarius finally. So everybody is all hopped up and going into Aquarius. The last three degrees of an outer planet take forever. Mm. It's like giving birth to an elephant (laughs) because it moves so slowly. 27, mm-hmm. 27.1, 27.2. So this is when all the events happen. Mm-hmm. When all coming, the truth comes out. Mm-hmm. When the hero becomes the traitor and the traitor becomes the hero. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean I know who it's going to be? You know, in in 2000, this all started in 2000 for the election of um, Bush against uh, Gore. So the the election took place the night of Mercury retrograde turning to Mercury direct. Mm -hmm. It wasn't direct. It was retrograde. And stations of planets, when they stop moving, are very important. So I was on Judith Regan's show, and she said, who's going to win? And I said, the winner's going to be the loser, and the loser's going to be the winner. Mm-hmm. I wasn't exactly sure what I was saying, but it turned out that the loser turned out to be the winner, and the winner turned out to be the loser. Right. Didn't we have a Mercury retrograde in the recent selection as well? No, it went direct just before the election. <laughs> just before so it looked like it was one thing but it wasn't and that's what i was looking at i was thinking well here it is mercury's retrograde but it's going to be direct before the election hours are over Mm -hmm. so i didn't think it was going to be the same thing as 2000 yeah so before so before i want to get into this capricorn at 27 degrees and you made a write-up recently on facebook too about about that which i think you just mentioned you quoted basically part of your article from vanity fair in 2006 you know and this post really interesting got over 2000 likes and hundreds of comments and kind of triggered a lot of people especially this day and age you know 
people are very, you know, get easily triggered, projections, polarized, and all of that uh, about certain views and whatever they think you meant, right? Um, but they before- want, wanted me to apologize, which I did, but I, yes, I did. And I wrote yeah, but, but apologize for what? We get into that because I even wrote a comment like, there's no need to apologize. You didn't, know, didn't do anything wrong. I apologize not for what I said or what I believed. And I wrote that in afterwards. Okay. I, not apologize. I never apologize for what I believe unless it's some odd, crazy mistake. But if I say something publicly, it's because I truly have analyzed the situation astrologically. Right. I didn't throw a deck of cards down the stairs. I just figured out what I saw this to be symbolizing mean. Yeah. If I hurt somebody, if I, if I angered them, then that's one thing. I'm sorry I did, but that's not. But if I have hurt somebody because of their belief or their religion or their, I, I never want to do that. I will always apologize for for hurting someone. Yeah, but also keep in mind, Michael, you didn't hurt anybody. They, people are, need to be adults and own their triggers and emotional reactions for words on the screen. Oh, <laughs> we are a nation of being so ripped apart on purpose, whoever's doing it or whatever's doing it. Yeah. I've been telling this to people on my, in my, uh, you know, all my clients. The one thing we can't do is reject each other now. That's exactly what's wanted. Yeah, the polarization, right? Because today's fish reps, today's soup. No, I don't forget what it is. Anyway, today's today, today's something. Anyway, I believe what I write, not as gospel, but as what I think that the stars mean. Yeah. And I don't I don't have any intuition magically to what's going on. I have happened to be correct. And some of my predictions are dire because life can get dire, but there's always tomorrow. And I always, and I don't know what's going to happen. People say, what's people say, what's going to be next? Wait, let, let me tell you that when Aquarius involved, forget it. Mm. You can't figure out the next five minutes, much less the next 20 years. That's the nature of Aquarius is forcing you to live spontaneously and solve problems with your intelligence. Yeah. That's the trick of Aquarius. It's solving problems in Aquarius, not planning ahead of having the meeting 200 years, but like they did with the Capricorns. Mm -hmm. The Capricorns thought they were flawless because they did, they did, they did almost an almost perfect thing. But when Aquarius is involved, whatever you do is almost perfect. So that's that's why we're approaching. So what is your insight and insight now with um, Saturn-Pluto conjunction in gen that happened January 2020, right? In light of the current events, how do you see it now and, and what you mentioned two years ago? How do I see that conjunction in Capricorn? Yeah. I've been telling this to my clients. If you're alive now, there's a reason. Mm -hmm. everybody is alive now who's alive now and who's alive now is alive now because there's a purpose for them to be alive. Why didn't they die during the 2020? Mm -hmm. Why didn't they just try like all the other people who succumbed to the problem that we've had? Some people were very, very elderly, of course, but not everybody. 
And even a lot of elderly, elderly people had their, all their marbles. Why did they die suddenly? It's not for me to say who done it. Mm-hmm. But I can say that if you're alive now, you have a function to uphold. There's a reason you're alive, yes. and the reason has to have something to do with something to do with your contribution, not necessarily to the big world, but to your life. Mm-hmm. And everybody I've ever talked to since then has always been wondering, why am I here? What 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 am I doing here? Because everybody is seeking relevance in a world that has completely changed. Mm. Whatever they were doing before is no longer relevant in the same way. Yeah. That doesn't mean they have to suddenly get, get in an ice cream truck. But I'm saying that people who are alive have been awakened by this. Right. And they have a purpose to fulfill. And it may not be grandiose, <laughs> it may not be world known. But it's something for personal fulfillment. Everybody has something that they maybe have been avoiding embracing, mm. like their mother-in-law, or something like it could be that something that simple. Yeah. But it shows you that we have all something to embrace because that embrace, that embrace that we can have to our life, to our job, to our dog, and that's going to turn the light on, and that's what we need is the light. All right. So that's, you know, people always, you know, they especially nowadays, I see it a lot. You know, my wife, Laura, she's also um, getting deep into astrology. She focuses more on evolutionary astrology and all that. And people are more and more drawn to astrology. I'm sure you get more and more clients to find that meaning, to find that purpose, right? To tell you, to tell them what they should be doing. But with the times we're in right now, even see my own lives, if, uh, the people, my wife and I also work in our course, in our upcoming course as well, Embodied Soul Awakening. Uh, the next round that, you know, there is an awakening happening, right? Because maybe that relates to the Saturn-Pluto or the Pluto uh, energy, this transformational destructive energy, right? The death-rebirth energy. That's what people are afraid of, but that's happening. But it forces people, like you mentioned, to focus on what truly matters, right? Can, can we In every transit, there are three phases that everybody has to go through. Devastation. You can't say, nobody's home when Pluto knocks. Oh, it's done not in la casa. You can't say. <laughs> but you can avoid it. So Pluto knocks at the door, you don't answer. The second phase is emptiness. The emptiness that Pluto creates is unbearable if you don't have faith. Because the third phase is fertility. Plants and flowers always grow back on the very turf. So Pluto has three phases. I don't know. And sometimes they're all, well, they happen all at once. But these last three degrees are agony. It's like, it's, it's like labor. It's very much like labor. You're in the, fa- the last phase of labor. It's too late to turn back. And the baby's head is crowning. And then it decides to smoke a cigarette before it continues on the path down the. So the thing is that the, that the, the the last three degrees of a sign are agonizing if the if the planet is a slow moving planet. Mm-hmm. I could bring up a whole other subject of Christopher Columbus, but this isn't the place for it. Okay. But uh, 
That's what that's what Pluto is. And, and it's when and every station that it makes between 27 and zero is agonizing and yet liberating at the same time, because that's what Pluto does. It tells you it squeezes you mm-hmm. until you let go. Let go yet? No, not yet. So it, it so it squeezes you until you let go. Yeah. So it's interesting with Pluto. Um, how do can we you know um, <clears throat> interpret Pluto? Because then you can see it from the, on the collective level, right? How it's affecting the collective, the world, but then it's also affecting everyone personally, different, right? Depending on the natal chart and whatnot. The books, the, in the early books of Pluto, and when it was first discovered in 1930, the early books said, oh, this, this only affects generations. Mm-hmm. And those people never had a Pluto transit. I'd like to talk to them. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. But so, it, I'm already working with another planet that's beyond Pluto because I find that this guy has much more meaning for us right now, but I haven't formulated anything. It's, it's an amazing uh, thing. It's a, it's a planet with a 500 year span, but I've been working on that lately. Right. And you, and you just newly discovered planet. What? A newly discovered planet or. Yes. In 2003. Mm-hmm. And, but we'll, we'll get to that. Let's stay where we are for the moment. Yeah. And where for the moment is where we have to live. We've gotten this far. You have to believe you have to have uns- uh, I- I- unswervable faith in the rightness of, of being mm. and that there is a rightness to what's going along. And uh, no matter what side you are on of the you know what, yeah. if you're on the right side of the VX or you're on the left side of the VX, <laughs> it doesn't matter, but it's splitting humanity in two. Mm-hmm. And we mustn't let that happen. So that's interesting. The splitting because uh, let's talk about this because I've I've mentioned this a lot as well. I've ever even written an article five years ago, the timeline reality split, and the way I see it, based on also I base it on esoteric um, teachings that have hinted with prophecies or like at this time and age. Um, I see twofold. I see it uh, what you just mentioned. There's the artificial divide and conquer polarization, pitting humans against hum- uh, humans, right? Who are identified with a f- certain side or even whatnot. Even in families, even in even families. families, you know, with like who takes a jab or not. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of of that happening. But what I see also happening, I've seen in my own life, see a lot of in the lives of the people uh, we work with as well. In general, there seems to be a natural splitting happening as well, based on the level of being me and level of consciousness, level of soul evolution, because we all have different lessons, you know? So it's kind of like, maybe it's a paradox or contradiction in the sense that, yeah, we need to watch out not to let the quote unquote controllers matrix divide us, right? We need to work together. But at the same time, there is a natural splitting. We cannot, um, you know, force others to see the truth or awakening or, and, and all of that. So how do you reconcile these opposites? We can remain bonded to the people who don't think like us. And that's the really hard thing. Mm-hmm. Because if I think a certain way, it's going to alter my behavior and the behavior of the people I love. And this is the big part of the, this is a big part of the transformation of human beings. Yeah. 
I mean, you mentioned even your uh, recent up um, uh, um, write up on Facebook, which I'm gonna then share more shortly. That we are now fully engaged in a global galactic war. We are literally in a war on multidimensional proportions, right? And the way I see it, and even I gave a talk yesterday at the uh, Freedom Rally um, here in Arizona. Um, this is the also beyond left versus right, Democrats versus Republican, all of that. It's just simply like the archetypal war of dark versus evil, right? Or of truth versus uh, lies. Of of you know, so that's where we need to really look at it and just reclaim our humanity. But well, we see things in, in only binary, one thing or the other. It's one right. or this. There was a fantastic science fiction short story and i don't know if it was philip dick or I, i'm not sure who it was but what if I, i can't find that if anybody out there finds it send me the title of it it was about a a, a huge conference that was being set up and it was being set up on a very distant planet and it was uh, only for jewish people and it was uh some great convocation that happened very rarely And it was all the Jews in the universe were getting together, as many as could get there, were to, to participate in this. Just as it was about to start, it's about to start, a spaceship lands and these purple octopuses get out and they're all duded up, they're ready for the conference. And so they're stopped by the conference coordinator and said, this is just for Jews. And the, and the, and the octopuses say, but we're Jewish. And they spent their time fighting over whether they were Jewish or not and whether they could be allowed into the conference. It's, I want to find that short story and I want to get the rights to it. And I want to make a great video of the, of the octopuses that came to the Jewish conference because it splits our binary thinking completely. Yeah. And I think that something like that was so inventive And so kooky and crazy that it has to be true on some level. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, the binary thing. I mean, this is the whole talk about duality. But I've seen, I mean, Laura and I, we have talked about a lot of people also can misapply the non-duality teachings of just not, you know, this this intellectual, like, higher, you know, self-importance of neutrality and just having belief to transcend it, uh, duality, but we're still dealing with it. But things are not that black and white. It's just dealing with the paradoxes, right? That's really what it comes down to, right? That, that you know, we are just, you know, even fighting shadows on the wall. But what we see also, and that's, I think, where astrology comes in as well. People just misinterpret, you talked about this before, misinterpret, like all, the, all these stars are outside and affecting us. There's truth, but they're also reflection of our internal landscape, right? Of our in inner psyche, so to speak. And what we see in the world as well, the division is also a reflection of our inner division. There was a series, a science fiction series, and it was a very lighthearted, really, called Alien Nation a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And they were, uh, there was about a family, a man and wife, and I think they had two kids, but they were had been from another planet and they were adjusting to life And it turned out that they wanted to have another baby, but in their in their biology, it took two men. Well, not necessarily two men. It took a man and a type that was sort of like male to couple with the female. So that's that idea has already been put into the head of of the masses. Mm -hmm. So I so I I think that what I had said was that we're in a galactic. Because I can't run away from the truth of what I see. I see 
that the, there are many beings and many worlds. There are many, many intelligent beings of advanced, of advanced technical and spiritual. There's many, many of them. To, so to think that that's not the case. And right now we're on the brink of being introduced to it, not the fake way that the... The, the that, fake disclosure. I'm coming any minute yeah. and you'll be able to see the makeup. But uh, I, I think that we can't avoid this. And this is part of what they call disclosure. Not that it's disclosure by they're going to pull the curtain back and we're going to see them and the aliens are going to start dancing. It isn't anything like that. It's a gradual awareness that we are not alone. Mm -hmm. And in a way, we're so alone now and alienated as we've never been. Why are we being separated like this? Because we can't bear it. As human beings, we can't bear it. But there are many other beings that deserve our respect and love. Mm -hmm. There are many beings that we should be very wary of. Yes. <laughs> yeah. This is whole ties. We can go deep into this maybe the second hour, the, the positive versus the negative alien agenda, which is also playing itself out. I've written about it. We've talked about it briefly as well right in our last podcast but it's that also brings me uh, you know bringing it back to the the topic of astrology and astrologers in general i think that what you mentioned before like astrology is just an art form not just science and an intuitive a psychic art form but it, it's also informed by the belief system the conditioning of the astrologer you know and that's what we see nowadays i think that's uh, you know laura and i we've talked about that i've seen a lot And I don't know if you maybe want to address it because I feel astrology has, has become more and more popular and helps a lot of people, but it's also become hijacked and abused by, you know, people who are extremely politically conditioned. That's okay. You can only go so far with your consciousness. <laughs> and the thing is that some people are, are enamored of the excitement. When you first see the truth of astrology, you go nuts with excitement because you think, good, now I don't have to deal with my mother. <laughs> Right. But you, you, you blame you blame the chart. <laughs> yeah. But the fact is, it is a very high thing that happens to your head when you realize you're connected to the universe. Then your life has to be able to fit into that, and your life has to become congruent with what you perceive. And that depends on how open you're going to be to the possibility of, of higher consciousness or just consciousness. Some people don't have anything. Yeah. So on that note, I'm, I'm also curious to hear from you. I'm sure, I mean, you're uh, aware of Jeffrey Wolf Green's work and evolutionary astrology. It's really fascinating. Laura has gotten dived deep into that and she's working with an evolutionary astrologer and it has helped to un help me to understand more the significance of Pluto and Uranus in your chart and all of that tying into trauma or so into past yeah. lives in all of that, you know, and also in the bigger picture. And he said something like I was reading in his book, he predicted back in like when it was it in, I don't remember when, uh, decades ago, that this time we may enter this, like maybe that relates to Pluto and Aquarius, also this fascist technocratic uh, society, you know, AI, highly uh, computerized and all of that. And that's what we're seeing happening right now as well, right? This almost a splitting in a sense of people wanting Uh, go back to live in community, connect to earth, you know, decentralized resources. But at the same time, there's this other force coming in, trying to plug us into a more technocratic society. Agreed. But I think we have to be, talk about Jeff Green's book. 
we have to realize that evolutionary astrology, and Stephen Forrest has worked a lot about this, and many people have. Mm. But evolutionary astrology doesn't tell you you absolutely were a cowboy in the 1820s. It gives you an analogy of what you were. Mm -hmm. And many of them are very accurate, the way they can pinpoint your past based on the planets. But it's, it's frightening to people and also annoying to people to think that an evolutionary astrologer knows exactly your past life. Because nobody knows your past life. You can see what the analogy is. You can see so much truth in it. Yeah, I think that's the way to, I mean, that's also what how Laura does it. Like, it's more the analogy and more the theme of, of something or certain, and then how, however it may manifest. But like anything, it can be easily abused. And if you try to make some sort of like specific past life predict, uh, like yeah. analogies. One thing about my past life years ago that I was an orphan in, pa in Paris <laughs> in the year 1300. And when, when the Saint-Germain-de-Pré was all canals, And they said that I used to keep running away from the monastery because they, they would be, bring me back to the monastery. I don't know if it was uh, Clooney or whatever, I forget. But I, I was always happier to go and live in the streets in Paris when I was seven years old. Nice. Okay. So how do you feel like, so how, you know, just again, I want to just stay on astrology, how we can use it in a personal level, because I see a lot of, lot of people more drawn to it, but I also see like a type of astrological bypass or spiritual bypass abusing astrology, right? To avoid our inner process. So people like identifying with the chart or blaming transits and all of that, but not, we've talked about this before, but maybe we can recap this as well, because you, I know also when you give sessions, you don't necessarily just focus on astrology, but also the important necessary psychological process and the psychological work we need to engage in, right? And maybe use the chart as an objective guidance, but we still need to engage in the work rather than waiting for certain transits to happen and whatnot. Well, I think that death anxiety lies at the base of all mm. and the more you are aware of that fact the more you will be held back i mean the more that you are aware of your fear of death the more you will be held back right now you could go forward into everything to that's what's going to happen and not be scared Not be scared of the you-know-what, not be scared of the other thing, not be scared of the third thing. Not be, You could definitely not be scared and just, I was just saying this the other night as I was giving a talk on uh, at uh, uh, Frank Clifford and Nadia's uh, conference that it's always there. You're gonna die, you know that? Yeah, it's true. You're gonna yelled in that car wreck. You have to be alert. You have to learn how to say, get out of here. Yeah. And once we are at least coping with our death anxiety, we can face any future. We don't need predictions. Mm -hmm. But if we don't, every prediction is important. And that depends on your childhood, how much confidence you're given in being alive. But if you have a, a confidence in being alive and realizing that you have a purpose here to fulfill You have something to embrace. And again, I've made jokes before, before I said it was like your mother-in-law. But there are people in your life you can't stand because they 
don't have the same standard that you have. But if you you don't have to be friends with them if they have proved that they are un, unable to carry on relationships. But being able to embrace the facts of that you have things that you must do, and not just the dishes. But if there, if you can embrace the, 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 there are things that you could do to feel fulfilled and happy. Go do them now. What are you waiting for? Mm -hmm. yeah. If not now, when are you going to do it? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, that's what I've mentioned before. I mean, you said this again, like, you know, uh, that the Saturn-Pluto conjunction is going to trigger this death anxiety, right? Pluto is like the death rebirth, this death. And that's what we're seeing right now. And the whole matrix setup, as I call it, or this of, of the globalists or whatever, the, the agenda is banking into keeping people in fear. It's the fear virus. That's really what it is, the fear of everything, you know, and it's just exaggerated and all of a sudden not realizing, yeah, death is part of life, but we're avoiding that topic all the time. We're afraid of it instead of like facing death, facing ourselves and also understanding that any fear we have is rooted in the fear of death. Well, yeah, we're taught to, to fear it. Yeah. Fear the anger of the Lord. We're, we're taught that love is not going to embrace us, but fear will sustain us. Mm -hmm. that's the that's the wrong way to look at it because if we look at that then we'll be afraid of doing anything and we'll be afraid of what's happening now yeah. and when you're not scared of these people and i don't mean just the people who are on the side of vaccination but if you're not if you're not scared of the people who see this as the end of the world you can survive it because you won't be living in that fear of you're not being here. I don't want to die. I'm, I'm, I'm right there. I, I can't, I couldn't get along without myself. <laughs> But if, if we can, if we can understand that something is happening that has never happened before. Yes, it has, but it hasn't happened in our realm of experience. Yeah. Something like this happened 600 years ago. But we're in the modern time and we're experiencing life as we know it. And I believe that we are on the brink of being introduced to a galactic reality. Mm -hmm. that but, ties in but it is because I don't know. So but the fact, pretend that we're not at the brink of, we're, we're, if we're not in the waiting room for some huge thing, Why did we survive 2020? Mm -hmm. So that also would tie into the probably Pluto in, in Aquarius, right? Where more the galactic revelations will happen, so to speak. Something else be it. They will have other headaches, believe me. <laughs> So what would you say, like, for <clears throat> people, you know, with, with all this death anxiety and people struggling with, you know, I see this a lot, you know, as I mentioned, Laura and I will work with um Have um, absolute people. unswervable faith, faith in what you are doing. Mm -hmm. Unswervable. And you'll have those moments where you're going to be crapping in your pants. Everybody has it. And you'll have doubts and you'll have horrendous fears that you've been made a fool of. But if you maintain unswerving faith in consciousness, in development, in light, in love, you will be on the right track. Beautiful. That's 
Yeah, yeah, and I want to add to this. And faith, and that means it's not simple hope. It's not hopium. Faith meaning really trusting the process in the sense what happens, like you said before, needs to happen. We are in the birth canal, and the only way out is through right now. It is the birth canal. Do you know that every child that's born experiences death before birth? Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. Going down that canal where there's no air and no water you've got to have faith you're on the other side and you that and whatever faith you have has been built up by the prospective parents beforehand so if you love the baby beforehand it's going to have a better chance in life yeah there was a, i knew a guy who was a welder and he and his buddies used to go uh, uh deep sea diving in the caribbean and they had a place where they would go That was a, I think it was 300 yards, maybe 100 yards, 100 yards through a canal that came out on the other side of the Caribbean where the dolphins were playing and the sun was shining. But you had, I think it was 100 yards where you had to go through this tunnel with your gear on that was only as wide as you were. You couldn't panic because you can't go back. You couldn't panic because you couldn't get off, take off your helmet. But when you got there, it was beautiful. And he and his buddies used to go there all the time when they weren't welding. That's what the birth is like. And that's why every fetus needs unswervable faith in what lies beyond. Right, and so do we, because it's the same as death. So, beyond, in your view, beyond faith, which very obviously that's in the necessary ingredient. But how about like with everything that's happened? We just had the um, the freedom rallies worldwide yesterday. It's, it's it's great to see. But there's just a necessity to step up to do certain uh, activism, right, against the forces that are trying to enslave humanity. Very obviously. And there's also a group of people here. Yeah, I understand. We need to get out of us versus them. What you said, or the uh, you know fighting each other. But some people, I, I'm, I'm sure as you can see, are completely lost buying into agenda. That goes against their well-meaning interests. They become the Matrix agents, the Agent Smiths. They literally become the Nazi brown shirts who are snitching on others. You know, it's it's a very dangerous time. That's what you believe. Hence, hence, not everybody's an activist, but they can have they can support whatever side they want. But not everybody is able to go out and march in the streets. Right. But there's all kinds of activism. There's all kinds of there's exactly. All That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Beyond going beyond, what what is your view of actors and beyond just protesting? Because I think protesting is not even enough. Obviously, right? I think that comes along with going to think, seeing why are you relevant now? Mm -hmm. What is it that you can do to keep loss? What what is it that you can do to meet your responsibilities as being alive? Nobody who's alive now just wants to sit and eat chocolates. They know that there's something better and more important that they have to do, and the time right. is short. Right. The time is short. Yeah. That's scary. And time is of the essence. I agree. Yeah. But, so but, you, but you have changed your life completely because of this. Yes, absolutely. Why yeah. changed your life completely because of this? 
You stopped your tap dancing act on Broadway. That was important for you. But now you're doing, you're doing something different. And you're doing something that you believe is good for humanity. But it's not the same as what other people believe is good for humanity. Exactly. And that's why we're split down the middle right. right now. And it's not just America or England. It's not. It's the world. The world got split in two. Mm -hmm. And now the world is broken and we have to put it together again. Yeah. That's why we're alive. But not according to Klaus Schwab's great reset and, and bring it back together under force uniformity and the technocratic global takeover. What it is. According to what? Karl Schwab. Oh, of course, I know. He's, he sees the great opportunity right there. <laughs> you know, say what you are dedicated to because your dedication is, is true. Your heart is true. But Carl Schwab, whether you like him or not, believes what he's doing. Oh, of course he does. Yeah. Well, under whatever influence he is, because if he's truly human, I would put, uh, would question that to begin with. You know, more look into whatever is working through him. Being over. Uh, not a lot, but some of these beings that we're talking about are not human, and they do not. They were not raised or born or created or hatched. Mm -hmm with compassion as one of their was one of their truths exactly. and it's hard possible for us to imagine that people don't have emotions they don't love and they don't have compassion and they don't feel bad and good we can't imagine that because we're we're we're, we're like spon wet sponges all of us yeah but yeah. there are beings that have been incarnated and others that haven't even been incarnated that still have an intelligence that we don't agree with or cope with, but is actually out there to be uh, recognized. Mm -hmm. And that so, was, that's, that's what this process is about. Exactly. Recognizing, recognizing different, and I say alien, I mean different. Recognizing alien intelligence and alien uh, codes of conduct and belief that we, that seem completely crazy to us. Yeah. So on that note, um, we're at the end of the first hour. I feel like we just started, but it was necessary to talk about so far. And then really want to now, um, in the second hour, then talk about, speaking of hatches, your post from on Facebook, which was uh, referred to before a couple, it was a month ago or something. Um, you made this great picture of the serpent hatches at last with a little dinosaur coming out of the egg. And Revelations of Pluto at 27 Degrees Capricorn by Michael Luton. So, and when we come back the second hour, I want to quote you on what you wrote. Some of it was a long write-up, relates to your piece in Vanity Fair in 2006. And it's very interesting because it this post has gone viral on Facebook and hundreds of comments, people got triggered, especially some astrologers implying that all kinds of, projecting all kinds of things onto you and getting them upset. And it's very fascinating what he wrote because that goes deeper into a much deeper agenda that's at work here as well from, you know, a non-terrestrial um, perspective as well. And in light in the evolution of consciousness, what we hinted at and leading up to also Pluto and Aquarius. And like you also mentioned in that piece that this it all ties into the Pluto return of the US, which I really want to go into deeper as well. But this is not only affecting the US, but the whole world. So... Let's uh, talk about this in the second hour. Um, but before we close up, do you have anything else to say? Like, you know, so what 
where we're in right now. So it's important. The most important part is actually to keep the faith, right? It's easier said than done with, with what people are dealing with, right? Because there's a lot of uh, splitting happening within families and friends and whatnot. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say to give people, you know, uh, on based on your experience and your insights you already have from the, the astrology, astrological transits of what people can do right now? Find your relevance mm -hmm. and your embrace, yeah. even if it is mother-in-law. <laughs> find your relevance, meaning finding your per your deeper purpose. What, like you said, we all are here for are meant to be here right now and take participate, right? Yeah, but people don't like to think in terms of deeper purpose because they think you have to do something grand. Right, right, right. I get it. You and know, it's, it's, saying yeah. what you have to embrace. Um, yeah, I mean, a friend of mine was saying that she didn't want to be like her mother because her mother just cooked for everybody. I said, grab onto that lady. <laughs> no, but that's, Michael, that's a great point because I talk about this as well with people think of purpose as this big thing, but purpose is not a definition anyway. For me, purpose is more be aligning with who you truly are, your true authentic self, right? That's and standing up for truth in your own way and whatever, wherever it may be in your own life. You know, I don't expect people to do the work I do. You don't expect people to do the work you do. We all have this one thing we can do, right? That's right. And that's why you can't delay it another minute. And that's and the key point. How ridiculous. If it's something that you have always loved or wanted to do, but felt it wasn't the right time, this is the right time. This is the right time exactly thanks so well said michael thank you so thanks. we're taking a little break uh, again for people who are not members for the second hour you can sign up at veilofreality.com that's my website to access all second hours of the podcast and access to the membership forum and the second hour we go deeper into the serpent hatches at last and the Pluto return of the U.S. and what that means, the intergalactic war and the revelations we may see in the coming months as we approach Capricorn at 27 degrees. Uh, with that being said, we'll be right back. <laughs> 